This episode of the What The Fintech Podcast is sponsored by Swift. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of What The Fintech, the podcast from the team behind Fintech Futures and the Banking Technology Magazine. My name is Paul Hindle, editor at Fintech Futures, and for this episode we're joined by Wiki Liu, Strategic Director of Capital Markets at Swift. Wiki, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul, for having me here. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you here. So, I mean, just to get started then, would you like to quickly let us know a bit more about yourself then and what you're up to at the moment in Swift? Sure. My name is Wiki Liu. I'm working on capital market strategy at Swift. My job is to define global capital markets, relay strategy and new initiatives in Swift, also to lead strategy engagement in the industry for the APA region. Excellent. Excellent. Well, as mentioned, it's great to have you have you join us today. On the show, we'll be taking a look at corporate actions processing and how Swift has been experimenting with blockchain technology to solve some of the challenges in this area and what this could mean for the future of corporate actions. That's to come a bit later, but as always, to get us started is our news in number segment. So this is where our guest has gone out and found a news story featuring an interesting number to discuss. So, Wiki, what have you brought along for us today? Well, can I pick two numbers? You can, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Oh, yeah. Because I think the two numbers I want to mention, they work together and tell one key challenges in co-action area. The first one is 56%, and data sourcing is around 56% of the overall cost of processing a co-action. The data was published in a recent survey conducted by the ESA group, and the value exchange to gain the feedback from the market on the sourcing of corporate action event data. And the second one is 100. The data was published by SWIFT in our most recent paper on corporate action. SWIFT network activity shows that an asset manager can receive corporate action notifications from more than 100 sources for the same event. Putting them together, it means that the market participants now are spending significant resources and also costs in dealing with data source and data quality issues of cooperation. They often receive many notifications from different custodians, even for the same event impacting the same assets and the details and specifications of complex events such as deadlines and election options can vary significantly among custodians. That is leading in confusion and inconsistency. And then they must compare and clean the data to get a single picture of the event in question. Only then, then they can uh, make a decision on the event or further pass the information on to the individual investors. So that's why I think these two numbers really articulate the key challenges for cooperation well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll dive into this a bit more in the moment, but I guess these two moments from your point would be really highlighting the inefficiency in the process at the moment, and these numbers would hopefully be a lot lower than they are. For some context, then maybe to get started, can you explain a little bit more about the, the corporate actions process then as a whole? Yeah, I think to understand the main pain points of cooperation. Let's start with the definition of cooperation processing. And it refers to the set of activities involved in handling and managing various 
type of corporate actions such as interest payment, dividend payments, free voting and tender offer. And they have many that impact security held by investors. That's the corporation processing. Yeah, so you, you need a number of selections there can move us nicely into, into the main topic of discussion. And I mean, you've touched on some of the inefficiencies there, but corporate actions processing seems to have been a thorn in the side of the industry for, for a long time now. What would you say the main pain points that the industry has, has not managed to address successfully so far then? Maybe to start this, I also can share another number, which is mm-hmm. 180. What does that mean? It means that our user utilize over 180 event types across 170 countries when they're doing the conversion events. So that also highlighting the complexity of the landscape. The process itself is also very complicated with multiple steps and involve multiple stakeholders, including issuers, custodians, asset managers, transfer agents, depositories, and also those market intermediaries. So due to the nature of the processing, it faces key challenges that include complexity of the event types, as I mentioned, more than 180, and the standardization issues, manual processing, communication inefficiencies, and regulatory compliance requirements and such. So there are many, many different initiatives and attempts at resolving these issues, these costly challenges. However, thus far, those initiatives have very limited success from industry-wide. Yeah. So I think it is not a new challenges at all, but it is a growing challenges for the industry given the significant increase in corporation volumes in recent years. And SWIFT data shows that corporation volumes have increased more than 65% in the past five years. So it's a, no, a big increase, like you say. And I, I guess, to what extent then are the remaining uh, obstacles technology related, or is it the, the actual corporate actions process itself that's standing in the way of efficiency? Well, I think it's a combination. It's a combination of technology related issues and also the challenges within the process itself. While many initiatives, as I said, around corporate actions have focused on the supply side of the messages, such as attending to ensure consistent standards when issuers and their agents publishing notice of those corporate action events. And these initiatives, such as the work done by SWIFT community to adopt and evolve the corporate action communication standards, as well as the efforts by associations like SMPG, or stick to harmonize market practice. Of course, they have led to significant progress for middle and back office teams. However, achieving interoperability among different systems and data standardization across the industry still remains as a key hurdle. To overcome those challenges, I think collaboration among various stakeholders is very critical. And FIs, regulators, technology providers, and industry bodies, they need to work together to find a solution together rather than to work by their own. And meanwhile, we also see that the industry has been gradually embracing new technologies such as DLT, AI, and to adjust the pain points associated with corporations. Uh, so 
as technology continues to advance and collaboration also enhance, we can expect further progress in improving efficiency and resolving the challenges within cooperation process. Excellent. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, DLT there. Swift's obviously recently completed a, a pilot then in this space alongside some some key industry players as well. Um, and you've come up with a, a blockchain solution in your experiments. Can you tell us a bit more about this then? And, and why did you look to, to blockchain to solve some of these challenges that are coming up with corporate actions processing? Yes, happy to. This pilot project was aiming to adjust data quality issues in corporations and explore new solutions for the industry. The project involved working with six global security players. They are representing different parts of the security ecosystem. And the focus of the pilot was on complex voluntary cooperation events, such as tender offers, exchange offers, full course, stop sprees, and Dutch options. For now, many existing vendor solutions, they can help asset managers and asset servicing providers to analyze in-house cooperation events from various sources. And our experimental solutions here, we try to take a different approach and it acts as an external overlay allowing our users to selectively share swift cooperation messages with other participants. This enable peer-to-peer event comparisons and provide a certain confidence level in a proposed shared copy for an event across the market. And this solution was built based on blockchain technology and capable for normalizing data via smart contract from multiple sources to give all participants a single accurate view of a given cooperation event. And the blockchain platforms would underpin a secure industry-wide repository for cooperation data. So both publishers and subscribers of cooperation events will run or assess a node on the network, allowing them to participate in resolving inconsistent events and ensuring data integrity. So the pilot demonstrates that the potential for tangible benefits across multiple cooperation events, the use of the DLT could enable real-time, secure, and immutable data sharing among multiple stakeholders involved in the cooperation processing. This would reduce the needs for manual reconciliation and facilitates faster and more efficient communications and also help to reduce delays and improving the overall process efficiency. Excellent. All sounds really positive. And, and I mean, you touched on a few things said, but what else did you find from this experiment then that's really of interest to you? Well, overall speaking, I think the pilot demonstrated that a shared version of a cooperation event is achievable. And peer-to-peer sharing between asset managers why DLT platform can deliver a beneficial solution. We found that the operational efficiency offered by blockchain-based exception flagging could reduce manual effort and also those areas in the in production processing. And of course, we also heard some feedback from the pilot participants. And I think they agree that the functionalities text in the pilot may require further analyze to determine the precise design of a potential solution. 
and they are willing to further contribute to the process moving forward. Also, it will, however, be essential to collaborate with other participants to develop a solution such as issuers and issuer concentrators and also CSDs. I think that's also very important that, that we can engage more participants rather just limit to custodians or asset managers. Excellent. And what are the next steps then for SWIFT and, and the community then in this journey? Well, I think we will work alongside the security industry to assess the full requirements for an industry-wide solution, which is capable for delivering the straight-through processing of corruption. As part of this process, we are collaborating with market participants to trying to prioritize the most important additional features to include in a solution as well as identifying the most appropriate technology to implement. And moving forward, we tend to work with all participants looking for a frictionless cooperation experience, including CSC. And we, we want to investigate the possibility of including issuers and also those issuer con concentrators into the data nodes. We were also assessing the benefits of machine learning tools to automate the decision-making process and collaborate with current cooperation processing solution provider, and then to see whether we can really offer a very good solution for industry-wide. Excellent. And you've mentioned quite a bit there about DLT and blockchain, but what are the potential use cases and benefits does, uh, does tokenization present to the, the wider financial services industry and how have companies like SWIFT been looking to prepare for their wider usage? Yeah, I think tokenization will be much broader compared with the DLT experimental we, we do for cooperation. And today, SWIFT provides it as a single access point to security players throughout the post-trade lifecycle across many asset class such as traditional equity, stop, fixing con, and directive. As our customer increasingly is betting access to all asset class, both traditional and tokenized assets, which belong to various service providers, we have begun to explore the extension of our role to include tokenized assets. So tokenized assets in co combination with DLT and smart contracts I think that will promise many benefits linked to transparency, cost reduction, and could enable a very complete transformation of the security post-trade landscape. Even if the underlying technology are not adopted at scale at this moment, the benefits enabled by them and by asset tokenization will be expected from many user cases by the industry players going forward. However, due to the lack of standards and variety of different technologies, different platforms and regulatory environments, fragmentation in this space, I think is one of the key challenges. And also, I think the industry is also expecting a long period of coexistence between the traditional and the new ecosystem. And this will offer us with a great opportunity to ensure interoperability and establish itself as a key actor while defining our role for the future. 
actually early in 2021, SWIFT already want to do some experimentals to show how interoperability could be achieved between a CBDC network and a non-CBDC payments network, and also between two CBDC networks on different technologies. After that, last year, we had expanded our experimentals of user cases for tokenized securities, including the underlying DLT and smart contract technologies. The experimentals focus on interoperability between multiple private tokenization platforms. It already showed that SWIFT can be used as a single point of engine to various tokenization platforms, and SWIFT infrastructure can be used for creating, transferring, and redeeming tokens and updating balance between multiple client wallets. And this year, we extend the scope of interoperability for the transfers of asset tokens from and between public blockchain networks, such, such as Ethereum. And this was given by clear interest from the in institutions we engage and the potential, also the potential benefits of public blockchains. So all these experimental uh, user cases are still in progress. And we will develop a paper and to summarize the experiments and our findings and also next step that will be published in the lead up to cybers. Thank you so much for taking the time out to, to speak with me again, Wiki. To close out the podcast, we have our now infamous uh, FinTech Jail. So this is where we ask for an industry term, buzzword or trend that our guest has seen or heard enough of. Within fate, whether it deserves a place in the jail or if it's already there, whether it needs an extended sentence, or of course, our guest can argue to free one of the previously incarcerated terms. So Wiki, what's your selection then for this week? Well, rather than lock something, can I release one? I would like you can, to yes. Ah, thank you. I would like to release uh, Fissionless. Because Fissionless banking experience are essential and far from overused, I would say, and embracing Fissionless approaches allow banks to stay relevant and meet the evolving needs of customers in this digital age. And actually, Fissionless is part of SWIFT strategy, and we would like to make financial transactions as reliable as possible by stopping most issues before they happen and resolving early and efficiently. So that's why we we would like to release the fishing list if I could. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, this was added around two years ago, I think, to the jail. It's, yeah, it's one of those words, I think, particularly around payments that it gets quite easily used in press releases and uh-huh. claiming things that are, are frictionless. But are you are you convinced then that it's, it's served its time now, it's rehabilitated and it's, it's ready to come back and be released? Yeah. Yes. If I can. Excellent. In which case, yes, we can bring frictionless out. I think, yeah, I think two years in the jail has been a, been quite a while now. I'm sure it's a, be, yeah, let it back out into society. And like I said, there's a lot of work, as you've mentioned, being done by Swift and, and other players in the industry to, to really make frictionless more of a reality than it maybe was um, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, yes, we can we can break this one back out now. 
Well, that's all we have time for this episode of What the Fintech. Thanks, of course, to Wiki for joining me. As for Fintech Futures, you can find us online at www.fintechfutures.com, on Twitter at Fintech Futures, and of course on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast and our other episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting service to get notified about future episodes. Thanks as well to Arama for editing this podcast. You can check them out at arama.tv. As always, thank you so much for your support. We'll see you soon for another episode of What the Fintech. But until then, goodbye.